Hey guys, welcome to the Change Up Podcast. Josh and Chad here. This is where we talk about culturally relevant topics, but we look at them through an honest gospel worldview. Let's get it. What's up, Chad? What's going on, Josh? Um, just enjoying the day. Back in the studio. And we got video. We're movie stars. It, it worked. It did. I can't believe it. It worked. It, it was awesome. I think it was really good, and I, I've already heard of a few people who've watched it. And we had who, 16 who really views. That's, My mom that's said she woke up in the night last night, like at 3 o'clock in the morning, and couldn't go back to sleep, and she saw on Facebook, and so she clicked on it, and she watched her whole video. She's <laughs> like... She's like, I enjoyed that. It was nice. Nice. <laughs> we must have been on the same wavelength because I could not sleep last mm-hmm. night. It was it was miserable. So I watched some uh, conspiracy theory videos. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Make sure we sound good. Um, all right. So we um, yeah we got we got video. It worked, and we're gonna keep doing that. Yeah, it'll be fun. So we'll see we'll see how our YouTube page does. Out there, if you're if you're watching, like, subscribe. Yeah, like it, subscribe it. We need to build a following that way. More people will find it, and then they'll they'll get value from it, just like you guys do. Um, we're not trying to get famous or anything, but it no. does help uh, the people who listen. It, it definitely helps them, so it'll help more people. <clears throat> Although I do think I have more of a face for radio, so I don't know about video. But we'll see. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. We'll keep bringing people like Sam on and. <laughs> All right, Tanner's kicking us out at 10, so we got 30 minutes. Well, Tanner's Mr. Producer. You had to wait. <laughs> oh, seriously, though, we couldn't have done this without Tanner. Yeah. Love that guy. Best. All right, let's do some take it or leave it. All right. First one rituals. Hmm, this one could be uh... spicy. Mm hmm. Rituals, rituals. I'm not a traditional guy. I don't like rituals. I always question them first. Mm-hmm. I'll take it. See what see what it is. All right. So we got to go to a wedding this mm-hmm. week. Congratulations, Brandon and Carrie Ann. Yeah. Happily married now on their honeymoon somewhere. Oh, they they went to. Oh, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We don't, you don't need to blow up their spot right yeah. now. Well, in California, but <laughs> we'll see it. Well, yeah. Anyways. Um, okay. So there was a ceremony mm-hmm. at the. At the ceremony of the washing of the feet, this yeah. is pretty popular lately. It's been happening. Um, the last few weddings I've been to, they've done this, mm-hmm. um, but it was new to me when I first saw it. Yeah. So, what do you think about that? I mean, because to me, it's like I see the the symbolism mm-hmm. in it. It's like the the husband is washing the feet of the bride, and then vice yeah, versa. Yeah. Yeah. It's like an act of service, right? Um, but I don't know. For me, it's like. Like our feet aren't dirty. Like your bride's <laughs> feet aren't dirty. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, I I think it's it's a beautiful picture of Christ in the church. And if you think of weddings in terms of what it should be, which is Christ in the church, you know, husband and wife, Ephesians five likens it to Christ in his church. And so that's how Christ symbolized how he served his disciples and how he's serving us. That 
that the greatest would be the least of these, right? And he served by doing the lowliest servanthood of that day and time, which is washing of the feet, mm-hmm. um, to symbolize how he was going to go all the way to the cross and do what no one else could do so that we could be saved. So I think it's a, a beautiful picture. And I, and I think in context of marriage, that's what marriage is, is it's putting the other person before yourself, uh, loving God and loving one another and not thinking of yourself first in all that. And so I think it's a cool picture. I do think it was funny. I was telling uh, uh, his dad, I said, you know, if you're going to do the washing of the feet, maybe get dress shoes that don't have shoestrings, you know, or like... Or like, loosen them. Like, yeah, loosen them a little bit. Things were tight. <laughs> I know, it took, them, took them forever to get off. I felt bad for Carrie Ann. She's, she's working hard up there. One of her brother was was like com, comment, com, commenting on it, and yeah. he read scripture, and then he was like doing some commentary. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, yeah. And he was just like kind of ad-libbing. I got to give him credit. He, he did, did great. Good, but he I had to feel some time. I kept looking over like, is he... <laughs> Is this written down? Like, no, he was just kind of going from the heart, and it was beautiful. But yeah, he had to fill a lot of time because <laughs> yeah. the shoes would not come off. And I'm like, you know, you're about to do this. You know, I would, I would have been like, all right, so I want to get the dress shoes that are slip-ons. You know, I'm, I'm or trying just to keep set them it loose, up. like you know. Yeah, I'm trying to set it up for success for my future bride. <laughs> but maybe he was trying to symbolize the hardship of her servant. Yeah, <laughs> he had to help. He had to help her serve him. <laughs> But no, I, I thought it was a, a really a beautiful thing and taking the Lord's Supper together. I mean, about marriage, it's it's about God being in the center of it and loving one another like Christ. So I thought it was a, a, a good symbol. How'd way. I look on the dance floor, more importantly? <laughs> well, you can cut a rug. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Britt Brit videoed me. She was making fun of my stanky leg. Yeah. But like, I think it looks good. <laughs> I mean... Does any stinky leg look good? <laughs> I thought mine looked great. I don't know. For what it's for what it's. I was doing exactly. Everyone was like, "Wow, look at Donovan. Guy's got rhythm." Mm-hmm. And then I do the same thing he does, and everyone's like, laughing nah, at yeah, goofy yeah. white guy. Yeah, you don't like, look like Donovan doing it though. <laughs> There's just something innately smooth about Donovan versus yours. He, he had his arms out like this, just like flying like an airplane. Like that's not cool. You know, Hitch tells you you got to keep it in like this. You know what I mean? Like that's what I do. And then Brett makes fun of me because I'm in the '90 all the time. It's like there's some people that dance like they like it's just in them, and there's some people that dance like they learned how to dance. I feel like you're you, talking about me right now. You, you were the one that looked like you just learned how to dance. You're doing it technically right, but oh, you know what I mean. Oh, I see what you're saying. It's, it's a little a, mechanical. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, how yeah. do you fix that? I don't think you can. What? Either you have rhythm or that you sounds don't. like a challenge. To me. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go live in an abbot, but instead of monks, it's just a bunch of black people that like to dance. <laughs> you better move on before you get some hot, some hot water. What? Nowadays, that's, uh, we're going to get canceled. Our second video is going to get demonetized because you started talking about this stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, although, fine. Although we don't have any monetary, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> we're demonetized. Dang it. We're back where we started. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this leads into our next topic. Um, what am I going to call it? We'll call it freedom. How many topics do we have? As many as we have time for. Or three. <laughs> so three. <laughs> I want to skip this one. Oh, man. Pass. So that was about um, freedom of Christian freedoms. Mm-hmm. I feel like we talk a lot of man. So, 
I feel like that was, a, that was a good pass. Yeah. What is sin and what is not? Dang it, I really wanted to talk about that. Mm-hmm. All right, next question. Freedoms. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Same time, three different titles. <laughs> okay, LMX. LMX. I don't even know what that means. No, no, you don't. I'm about to tell you if you take it. <sighs> well, you have intrigued my curiosity, so I'll take it. Okay, LMX is the new progressive United Methodist denomination. Mm-hmm. It's called Liberation Methodist Connection. And they say, correct doctrine is less important to the new denomination than correct action. Collaborators said during Sunday's presentation. Didn't mm-hmm. mean to read that last part. <laughs> So a group of progressive United Methodists announced Sunday they're forming a new Methodist denomination, the Liberation Methodist Connection, or LMX. Mm. Basically, um, they've debated, the Methodist Church has debated for the last 50 years about the full inclusion of LGBTQ. Um, So now they're wanting to include all of them. Mm. Okay. So what's, what's your question? What do you think about this? Um... It's idiotic, you know. Um, When's the last time a new denomination has been created? That's pretty significant. Or is it like kind of a dime a dozen? Well, doesn't mean anything. It it doesn't. I mean, it's it's a, in my opinion, this is equivalent of starting your own club. This is not a biblical church of any kind. You can call it church, but mm-hmm. it, you know, church is meant for God to be the head of it. And a couple of scriptures that come to mind. One, Jesus says in John, I forget exactly where, but if you love me, you'll obey my commands. I think it's John 14. So right there says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. Speaking of, you know, his scriptures. And then in Matthew, I think it's in seven, where he says, many of you will even prophesy in my name and I'm going to say, I never knew you. Mm -hmm. This is the quintessential version of that. Mm Mm-hmm. This is not a biblical church that is founded on the gospel. Um, it even says correct doctrine is less important, which is idiotic, than correct action. It's idiotic because we know what you believe is what you do. Correct doctrine informs your actions always. So what you're saying is we have very terrible doctrine, and all we're trying to do is we're going to do the things that we feel is right. That's what you're saying. Which is impossible. You can't do the right things if you oh, don't know the right. It'll always things. be a moving target. The right things are going to come from whoever's preaching on stage, saying, "Here's what we think is the right thing." Yeah, however so, you feel at the time. Exactly, and mm-hmm. it's going to it's going to be a moving target. So, it's idiotic and sad, but also it's exactly what the Bible predicts in Romans one and and then in Second Timothy and First Timothy, and I mean, this is this is what it looks like in the end in the end times, right? Mm-hmm. So. It's, not it's interesting though they new. still like they still say it's about following Jesus. It's not. Jesus said, "If you love me, obey my commands." Mm-hmm. And they're ignoring all of his commands. Yeah. So you don't love Jesus. You love a form of Jesus that you've made up, but you don't love the Jesus of the Bible. Yeah, and I'll say like the people, because some people will look at scriptures like, well, you could debate it either way. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you really can't. Like it's so clear. But I think the the Bible teaches it. Second Timothy, I believe, says that the Scripture is sufficient for every good work, mm-hmm. meaning like all the commandments. Second Timothy three sixteen, 16 to seventeen. Right? Yeah. yeah. So 
to follow his commandments, everything you need is clear in scripture. Yeah. There are debated topics, but those aren't things that you need to follow mm-hmm. his commands. And by the way, that's John fourteen fifteen, the one that says, if you love me, obey my commandments. And um, also, I will say there's only 40 people that started this. It's not like a huge movement, but it'll become one because, and then the, the I never knew you verse I just quoted, that's Matthew 7, 21 through 23 for anybody who wants to see those. Mm-hmm. I could give you a ton more verses of why this is not a biblical church and is idiotic, but just on those two premises uh, is enough to say this is not right. You know, doctrine doesn't matter. It's about Jesus, but we're going to do everything that he says not to do. It doesn't make any sense. It's like yeah. your kid saying, hey, I'm going to go do everything I want to do, but I really love you, mom and dad. It's like, no, you don't. You, mm-hmm. you didn't respect or listen to anything I said. Right. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So anyway. I'll Watch out for those out there, those yeah. false denominations. And, and I think that's the, the lesson here. If any church doesn't, preach the Bible and hold to the commands and principles of scripture. Um, it's not a biblical church. We've talked about secret sensitive. We've talked about all kinds of stuff on here. So you can go back and listen. But if someone is not holding to and teaching you the scriptures, they are not being faithful to what the Bible says a church should be. Mm-hmm. So I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Okay. Last topic. Special night. special night I'll take it have we talked about Santa Claus on this show yet Uh, I'm sure we have in some ways well do you um, what kind of role not explicitly what what role does Santa play in your house Mm -hmm. Uh, I've had this conversation a lot with different people but I don't know if we talked about it on the show so let's talk about like do you um, like cultivate the atmosphere of Santa Claus? Do you deny it early on? Like, mm-hmm. when do you tell your kids? Do you tell your kids? Like, what role do you let Santa play in, in your house during Christmas time? Well, what we do is we teach, we do Advent, we look at scripture, we do a Jesse Tree deal. Like, we make it very clear that Christmas is about the Messiah, Jesus Christ, his birthday, period. Yeah. However, we we allow them to basically play the game of Santa. <clears throat> um, we've never we never said it's real or not real. We just tell them that what's true is it's about God, the God of the Bible. And we have had the discussion of, hey, it's fun to play these games, and uh, much like watching a movie, you know, or you know, like going to Disney World, you know, it's cool to play make believe, like creativity. Uh, that's fun. It's great, but just know the difference between make believe and between what's real the bible is real these other things are make-believe now we have shared with our kids uh every year we share the story of saint nicholas which is a crazy story by the way exactly but it's a guy who loved christ and who was trying to serve kids and so we share that part and see like he was serving the lord through this and this is where the traditions of santa claus came from Mm -hmm. but he was not a magic you know we share that part of it to just point back to he did have do it, some miracles though. It's about a generous heart. It's about all that kind of stuff. Like we just share, we just tie it back to it's about Christ. Yeah. This season is about Christ. The reason why we give gifts is because of the gift of grace and the gospel. We just mm-hmm. 
we just share all that stuff and make it this is what it's about this is reality but hey if you want to watch Santa movies and you want to you know play the games and so our kids know that Santa's not real but they don't but it doesn't bother them like they enjoy the game of it you know like it's fun the Christmas movies the cookies all that stuff we have fun with it but if you ask our kids is what's Christmas about they're gonna say it's about Jesus yeah you know and so that's how we've handled it we just are always very honest and because I think you know God made us creative and having imaginations and creativity is fun and so we don't want to not allow that but we just want to clarify this is real that's not mm-hmm. and so we always have and uh, our kids have never they've never um, woken up like Santa can't it's never been that yeah but they've, they've also not like missed out on just having fun, having with, fun with it yeah we definitely fostered it early on because I think mostly because of grandparents and because we didn't really have a conviction either way. Yeah. Like we weren't closely following Christ when we first started having kids. So we kind of set like a precedence of just like, mm-hmm. we just let culture kind of guide us, mm-hmm. which I don't like, no harm came of that. Now I'm pretty sure. But there is like still talk of Santa in our, in our house. And like, we don't tell our kids that he's not real, but like, my older kids know mm-hmm. and they never ask so it, it's almost like I feel like they know but yeah. like they just don't want to ask yeah. you know because I know my oldest is telling the other ones that he's not real she's always hinting to it too it's like she's <laughs> one of the grown ups now it's funny yeah but yeah so we also have a fun a fun segment on here of triggered we need a sound block that's like a shattered glass yeah we're triggered <laughs> where Josh gets to take two minutes. Sometimes it goes longer, but he gets two minutes to just... We might e- lose some followers on this ...express one. his <laughs> latest frustration. Um, I'm surprised that we still have followers at this point, to be honest with you. <laughs> so, so do your best. We got a tribe. Yeah, That's what we got. Do your best to not... Uh, sinfully offend but this is a fine line I'm walking this is thin ice as they say all right well if you get too far I'll try to the other day I was in PJs the small PJs on 22 you know how you like walk in it's kind of like built up off the ground Mm -hmm. small little Mm -hmm. I walk in and there's this gosh darn golden doodle just staring at me (laughs) in the face he was like three feet from me right I'm like First of all, that is a large dog. They're, they're too big to be dogs. They're, they're pretty big. Yeah. And they have something like humanistic about their face. Mm-hmm. Like their eyes look at you. Mm-hmm. You know, like they see you. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm there and like I feel judged by this dog. So I'm like, just they're gonna... also like the nicest dog in the, in oh, the world. Yeah, they're nice. They're a little rambunctious, <laughs> especially as puppies, because both of our neighbors had one when in our last house. <clears throat> and uh, so, anyways, I. Uh, I avert my eyes from this dog who was just peering into my soul and I go order my coffee and then this lady walks in right after and like carries on this like <laughs> 45 second conversation with the dog because he, he just had like this domineering presence. You walk in mm-hmm. and you expect one thing and I'm just like taken aback like, whoa, who, who is looking at me? Like what is going on? And so it took me like a few <laughs> seconds to just like shake it off and go on about my day mm-hmm. and then this lady comes in and her response was to talk to the dog yeah. like it was a human and it just got me thinking like the elevation of pets in our culture it it triggers me constantly mm-hmm. like dogs serve a purpose 
Yeah. Cats do not. Well, cats do if you have a barn and you have mice. Get an outside cat. Like, he will get rid of snakes and mice. Mm-hmm. It was great. Don't bring it in your house. This is just weird. Little and monsters. Di- disgusting. Dogs, um, like, you know, you got, like, so random person A and random person B walk down the street, they pass, they don't even look at each other. They may smile. You may be the guy that just, like, smiles and nods. Random person A, random person B, random person A has random dog A, one, they pass. Now, all of a sudden, random person B is, like, having a conversation with the dog. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. why are you talking to this dog like it's a person? Mm-hmm. And then, first of all, you're walking this dog on a leash. That's weird. Like, the, the way the culture deals with animals is, is very weird. The amount mm-hmm. of money we spend on animals is, mm-hmm. is outrageous. I mm-hmm. think the, the veterinary market is like a trillion dollars or something. Oh, it's rising. I made that up. It's a lot, though. Um, so it, it just triggers me the way. Now, I love dogs. I'm a dog person. I don't mm-hmm. have a dog because I have no purpose for a dog. You got four kids. It's equivalent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just feel like we've elevated this dog. I think, like, if I were to psychoanalyze it, I feel like it's like people are missing intimacy and mm-hmm. relationships are for too sure. hard. And so they like use dogs to be intimate with, mm-hmm. which like dogs aren't meant to be intimate with. They were bred for a purpose, mm-hmm. like to protect. Like, yeah, sure, they'll, they're friendly too. That's mm-hmm. why people love them. They come from wolves though. Like what do wolves do? They mm-hmm. protect, you know, right. and they fight. So I think we need to de-elevate the role of dogs. Now, I'm not trying to make a movement or anything, mm-hmm. but it's just, it triggers me when, when I see, because here's the deal, like people, like we can't do anything for ourselves. Like, right. we're specialists, right? Like, we can't cook for ourselves. Well, <laughs> you think you're cooking when you're, like, gathering ingredients and, like, making a meal. But really, like, you don't know the first thing about how those ingredients got into your into the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And so we just, we can't cook for ourselves. We can't clothe ourselves. We can't even entertain ourselves. Like, mm-hmm. we have to pay, like, the entertainment industry is a billion dollars or something ridiculous. And so then it comes to animals, and now animals become this I huge. I like how the veterinary is a trillion dollars, and entertainment's a billion in your mind. I'm pretty sure it's probably probably the other way around. Let's see, uh, veterinary market. Sorry, I just America. I just listening. I just caught 2019. that. 2019. Just caught that. Uh, the total is expected to hit okay, 18 billion in 2019. Right. Now type in entertainment industry, and I bet it's more like a trillion. Because movies are a billion dollars, some of the some of the movie budgets. So, mm-hmm. and they put out a lot of movies. Eleven billion. That's box office. Yeah, that's not. That's just box. That's office. not counting every everything that goes. <laughs> yeah, into the it. entertainment industry is. You're not counting because I'm talking about sports too, like all of that. Concerts, comedians. I mean, there's oh, a lot yeah. of a lot of entertainment. And it's sad to see how much money we spend on entertaining ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like we Your can't. point's right. I just thought it was funny how one, one was <laughs> I'm not good at numbers, I'll be honest. But I think your point's right. I mean, once again, go to Romans 1. It's worshiping creature rather than creator. Uh, it's, it's just having things out of whack. Well, I wasn't trying to like, well, I'm just saying, know, call it sin or anything. Like, but it's I'm personal saying, preference. But I'm saying it, it, I think it is a result of that. Meaning, I love dogs. I love animals. I got no problem with pets, so don't hear that. But... What Romans 1 is talking about is things being out of whack, putting, elevating good things, created things into the place of God and not having God and family and people, you know, Yeah, if you're nicer to animals than you are to people, that's weird. 
like the line item on your budget, if it's like mm-hmm. over a hundred dollars a month, I don't know. I just feel like that's crazy. And I do think Here's a lot, of, a lot of people do because it's easier to, for your point is turn to their pets over building strong relationships and community like we're supposed to. Let me break down the economics of an animal. <laughs> I've done this before. Here we go. So when I needed a dog, we lived on five acres. I had chickens. I had pigs. Mm-hmm. I had animals. I wanted an outside dog to sleep on the porch and kind of protect the house at night. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't get like a guard dog. You need a Pyrenees if you want to do that because they stay up at night and they're big and they're that's what they're mm-hmm. bred for. But those are expensive. So I just went. I brought Tatum. She was like five at the time. We went to the shelter. It was a no-kill shelter. And... I was just like, hey, can you? I want a nice family outdoor dog. Well, don't say outdoor dog because they think you're crazy, first of all. Mm. They're like, no, 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 dogs don't belong outside. It's like, yes, they actually do belong outside. Uh, anyway, she brought this dog in their little room, and I, if it played with Tatum, good, I was going to get the dog. They were having mm. this super special. So I got the dog for $5. Mm-hmm. Brought it home. It was perfect. It was four years old. It was already trained by its other owners. But like training a dog is not difficult to mm-hmm. do just the basics, sit, stay, all that stuff. Right. It's easier than training a kid, for sure. Um, and then as far as vet bills, never brought it to the vet. You feed it one time a day, one scoop, and you skip a meal on Sunday. They they come from wolves. Wolves don't eat all the time. Like they're meant like their stomach's meant to rest longer than humans. They don't eat twice a day. And this dog was like thirty pounds overweight. Like it was. It was lean and mean when I was done with it about mm-hmm. six months later. And then for heartworms is really the only thing you got to worry yeah. about with dogs. Yeah, you got to worm them. Every, every dog in the Gulf Coast, especially if they drink any water, yeah. out, like out of a lake or pond or anywhere, they're going to get worms. Mm-hmm. And so there's this medicine at over-the-counter at Tractor Supply. I think it's called Ivermectin. Mm-hmm. And it's like 80 bucks for like a 10-year supply. Yeah, we like, used to do the same thing, warm our dogs. We'll you do it, it yourself. Yeah. You can do it yourself. Just you don't have to bring syringe, it to a vet. You just open their mouth, you just squirt it down it's their so mouth. It's so easy, yeah. Rub it in and they're good to go. It takes care. And that's really the only mm-hmm. medical you need to worry about for your dog. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, if it breaks its leg, you go get, go get a new dog. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, man. What, what are you going to spend? Like, what for you? Oh, what is, how much not, are you going to spend? I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm saying there's some people with fire shooting out their, their ears right now. <laughs> you just said that. How much are you going to spend on a dog if I it mean, breaks its leg? What's the cap? I don't know. But there's definitely going to be like if. And how are you going to deal with that mm. shame of the vet when she says, it'll be 4000 and you say... Mm, no, it won't be. <laughs> you can have it. <laughs> I'll, say, I'll, figure, I'll find someone else. I'll take it home. I'll make a splint. <laughs> <laughs> you could, probably. Mm-hmm. They just have a little limp the rest of their life. Anyway, but yes. That's my hot take on animals. I do love dogs, but I think they have their purpose and I think they're elevated in our culture. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, just watch out for that, guys. Yeah, I I don't disagree. Be with fiscally you. responsible. Fiscally, fiscally. There you go. Yeah, watch your budget. <laughs> don't let that line item sneak up on you. Yeah, no eight hundred dollar vet bills. That's hey, not acceptable. And unless, if and if you say, hey, I could never own a dog and not take care of it all that way, then make sure you can actually afford to take care of that dog. And that's the thing. And if you think you can afford a dog, you better have zero debt. Mm-hmm. It's just a. This is a personal opinion mm-hmm. here. 
Because some people say, well, I have money for the dog, but then you go and, and charge something else. Well, then you didn't have money for the dog. Right. If you got any credit card debt, yeah. you didn't have money for the dog. Right. This should be, if you're going to treat it that way, mm-hmm. you should have the budget that you need for sure. to easily treat it that way. Because if you say, oh, I'd spend four grand to, to get surgery for my dog, fine. Make sure you can afford that. Yeah, don't be charging that. And make sure Don't be that, paying interest on your and make sure that you're surgery. you're stewarding things right. Like, are you first and foremost tithing to the Lord? Secondly, are you taking care of your family first? Are you, you know, are you paying your bills? You know, things like that. Before you ever go and get something like a dog, if you're going to spend the true that kind of cost money. of a dog. Yeah, that's yeah. one of the reasons why we don't have a dog. Is or you can have a mentality like I have, which people may think I'm a heathen, but I feel like I have mm-hmm. a right view of what an animal an animal's supposed to serve you. You don't mm-hmm. serve it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think we've twisted that. We serve the animal yeah. rather than let it just serve us in pleasure, happiness. Mm-hmm. You know, it like protects the farm, if you will. Yeah. Um, My favorite thing, speaking of cats, is there's a few cats in our neighborhood that just cats are cool to watch. Well, they just come through my backyard on occasion, and I've noticed like I had moles for a minute. Moles are gone. Nice. I haven't seen any snakes. I'm like, you guys are. I won't bother you if you don't bother me. That's you're, why you're they belong to, outside. You're allowed to pass through my yard and do your thing, hunt, have have a good time, and then keep it moving. See, it's like Christmas trees. <laughs> you see this cool thing out in nature, and you're like, I got to bring that in my home. No. Just leave it out in nature. <laughs> you don't need it. Like, That's right. Instead, get a fake tree. Get a fake cat. Get a stuffed animal. <laughs> get a stuffed animal. Have fun with, with it. With like a little battery, like so it purrs. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> like, who is the first person to go and see a bird and bring it inside and put it in a cage? How do you not feel horrible uh, about yourself? Bird. That's right. It should be outside so it can get eaten by a cat like the rest of them. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, it will get better and, like, evade kidding. the cat. <laughs> I was going to say one more thing about pets. If um, if it comes back to me, I don't think it will though. It's well, it's flown. We should, the coop. We should, probably should jump into our subject because I think Tanner's gonna want to kick you out. Here oh soon. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gonna kick me out, but not you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got Judges nine Abimelech. <clears throat> yeah, if you remember a couple episodes ago, we we finished up Gideon, and we talked about how Gideon. Pretending like he was trying to do the right thing and not be the king, but he did a lot of things that showed that underneath it all, he, he really did. One of those being naming Abimelech uh, son of the king, which obviously had an impact on Abimelech himself because as we read in our story today is Abimelech also thought he should be the king. Hey, I remember what I was going to say. Yeah. This is helpful advice, so I got to go back to it. Okay. If you truly love dogs, <laughs> you've got to make it a business. Make it where you're breeding the dogs to where it's not costing you money. That's how we should treat, like usually we make these hobbies like very expensive for us. Mm-hmm. If you make your hobby a business, then it doesn't cost you money. You know, if you love hiking in the mountains, <laughs> guide other people hiking in the mountains, make them pay you a hundred bucks a pop. And then now your hobby makes you money. You know, you can treat the dogs the way you want to. Anyways. <laughs> I like your helpful advice. You like reading the Bible? Like, be a pastor. <laughs> no. <laughs> Get no. paid to read the Bible. Uh, I do not condone this advice from Josh Miller. <laughs> That's why it's called Triggered and a Rant. Take it for what it's worth. Take it or leave it. Um, Just a grain of salt. But it is that entertaining. Uh, all right. Uh, Judges 9. Abimelech's Conspiracy. When I was reading this, I told you this before we got on air, but... This is the first 
Like if people love like Goodfellas and The Godfather, mm-hmm. this is your first mafia hit you know, story. Mm-hmm. Right this here. is a mess. Yeah. But this, I mean, they must have taken a, they must have read Judges 9 for all their, their ways about going about mafia mm-hmm. life. This is exactly the kind of mafia movie where everyone just ends up dying. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're like, it's well, like Casino. Like at the end of it, you're like, right. what a bloodbath. Well, it's just right. like the mob stuff is like, it always ends bad, right? Because yeah. you have to do so much stuff to try to uphold. It's it's a house of cards. Eventually, it's it's going to burn. Yeah, and uh, and we see that here. Yeah, and when your device is to kill someone, it just gets really messy. Oh yeah, yeah. If if the way that you stay in power is to kill, guess what? People are going to come after you the same way. Yeah, and eventually, you live know, by falls. the sword, you die by the sword. That's right. So Abimelech is is um, an apostate or a false version of what a king should be. Um, definitely not following the Lord and making the Lord king uh, the way that he should be. So um, that's what we see here in, in Judges 9. Yeah, so it starts off, verses one through six is kind of where the plot mm-hmm. begins. He he has 70 brothers and he goes over to another town, mm-hmm. Shechem. Uh, Shechem. Yeah, and he basically plots with Shechem because they were people of his mother's. They were relatives of his mother, right? Because uh, remember, Gideon was a polygamist. He had a ton of wives, mm-hmm. which is how he got to be to have seventy sons, right? And so he goes over there and he starts plotting with Shechem and says, like, don't you guys want like one king over you, not seventy brothers who are all like leading you? Which I don't know how that was playing out, but it doesn't really tell us. Well, as we know, in in eight. That um, Gideon made that ephod in his house, and yeah. it, it became a snare to his family and to all Israel, basically wanting it, wanting power. Yeah, and so, um, so I think that's where Abimelech uses that. I'm sure there was some um, contention there amongst other people who weren't in that family, you know, like yeah. And so he's he's using it to his advantage, like, hey, I can solve your problem. I can take away seventy of these. Right. You know? So somehow he goes and he convinces them to get on his side mm-hmm. and and then he hires a bunch of thugs, right. goes back to his father's house, kills all seventy brothers except, except for one, one Jotham. Mm-hmm. Jotham's the youngest and he hid. Um and then he was basically named king, but he wasn't even king of Israel, he was just king of like his father's house in Shechem. Mm-hmm. Like, they're the only ones who really saw him as king. Right. And then, so that's one through six. And then seven through 21, Jotham, the youngest son that, or the youngest brother that kind of got away from it, didn't mm-hmm. die. <clears throat> he prophesies about what happened. And he has this, this story um, where he says, the trees once went out to anoint a king over them. And they said to the olive tree, reign over us. But the olive tree said to them, Shall I leave my abundance by which gods and men are honored and go hold sway over the trees? Mm-hmm. And he says that to the fig tree. The fig tree denies the request. The vine says, no. Shall I leave my wine that cheers God and men? And then he says to the bramble, and the bramble's like, I don't know, like the weeds, basically, the thorns. Yeah, the thorns. and The worthless ones, yeah. which this represents Abimelech. And Shechem. Mm-hmm. And the bramble said to the trees, if in good faith you are anointing me king over you, then come and take refuge in my shade. But if not, let fire come out of the bramble and devour the cedars of Lebanon. Mm. So basically he's prophesying saying, um, Abimelech's the bramble, he's gonna take this kingship, but then fires are gonna come out of mm-hmm. of Lebanon. And it's really foreshadowing his demise um, of how 
um, fire, and then and then um, out of Shechem, he's going to be killed himself. You know, which we'll see a little bit later. But in Judges nine twenty two, where it talks about Abimelech ruled over Israel, there's a nuance on this word rule. The um, yeah, yeah, yeah. it says uh, in in the ESV study notes says. Uh, ruled has the nuance rule as prince or commander. It is not the more usual word for rule as a king used in, um, in back in um, chapter 8, 22 to 23. It says the ignoble Abimelech, who had been made king by the people, not by God, could only rule as a secondary commander, not as a true king. Mm-hmm. So since he, I mean, like I said, I, I use mafia as a, as a kind of an analogy, but he basically made himself ruler through just power and control, uh, using the the um, the dregs of society, if you mm-hmm. will, and um, and use fear and everything else to rule um, through murder and rampage, and um, and so he he ruled, meaning people followed what he said out of fear, but he wasn't a king that God put in place and. And um, he was a secondary ruler, right? In that way, and so when we were looking at this, when we see other judges that where God gives peace through them and they rule or whatever, it's not not the same type of rule. Like here in Abimelech, this is meant to say this was wrong. This is just showing more and more of of that downward spiral of Israel and sin and and you know the, the getting further and further away from following God in the proper way. Yeah, which you're going to see. Like, because it's interesting, it said Abimelech ruled over Israel three years, and then the next 30 verses mm-hmm. is how he ruled, which right. is like just like you just described. Yeah, treacherously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the dude is uh, yeah. relentless. Yeah, he's not a good dude at all. So then it says, God sent an evil spirit between Abimelech and the leaders of Shechem. Which right. remember, these are the guys that kind of appointed him as king and backed mm-hmm. his plot to kill right. all the brothers. Right. So now God's intervening and he's stirring up some drama with them, mm-hmm. which is interesting. We see like how God deals with... It just shows God's sovereignty. Yeah. So you, you may think that you're wise in your own eyes and you, you've got all the control and power. I mean, people right now are all worried about our government. Listen... God's in control of everything. Mm-hmm. They may think that they're in control, but they're not doing anything that God's not allowing. And and if he wants it to go a different way, it'll go a different way. Mm-hmm. And we see here the same thing. Abimelech thinks that he's got it all figured out. He's king. And God's like, okay, I'm going to use the exact same people you use to take power to destroy you. Yeah. and you Which know. the way he <laughs> destroys both of them is like... It's crazy. It's hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> he made, let's just say God made an example. Yeah, a little out bit. Of Abimelech. <laughs> For our benefit, too, because yeah. now we get we get a lot of theology out of this mm-hmm. to see how God deals with with sin. Right. There will be wrath, you know, for them. And, and anyone who goes with the gospel, right, we all deserve wrath. And anyone who denies God will eventually face the wrath of God. The only hope that we have is... Christ himself who took the wrath of God on our behalf so that we may have grace and be saved through it. So the only difference between us and anybody else is is we've humbled ourselves and submitted to the Lord and accepted the grace and the good gift of, of Christ Jesus, um, which is there for anyone to accept. But anyone who denies God and denies his power, I mean, they're going to be rudely awakened either in this life or definitely once this life is over. Because mm-hmm. Philippians, um, 
I think it's two where Paul says, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess Christ Jesus is Lord. That's going to happen. You just hope that that happens on the right side of, of eternity. Um, but when we die, God's going to, those who denied him, Satan himself is going to kneel and bow to the Lord. Mm-hmm. But it ain't going to go well for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So God uses this guy, Gael, the son of Ebed, to kind of stir the pot a little bit. Mm-hmm. So this guy moves into Shechem. And remember, like, the spirit of, like, divisiveness is already there between Shechem and Abimelech. Right. But he uses Gael because he says this thing, um, who is Abimelech and who are we of Shechem that we should serve him? Mm-hmm. Is he not the son of uh, Jeroboam, Jeroboam, which is yeah. Gideon? Yeah. And is not Zebul his officer, serve the men of Hamor, the, the father of Shechem? but why should we serve him? What that this people were under my hand? Basically saying, if I was in charge, then I would remove Abimelech. I would mm-hmm. say to Abimelech, increase your army and come out. So right. he's talking a big game. Yeah. And then it's just so funny how it plays out. He was just the spark that started the whole thing. Yeah. So then Zebul, which is the ruler of the city, overheard Gael talking, mm-hmm. and he sent messengers to Abimelech secretly and saying, hey, Gael's talking talking smack. Yeah, he's I want you trash. to bring your army tonight mm-hmm. and I'm going to send Gail and his guys out and y'all are going to basically right. kill him. And so that's what happens. Which is crazy. I mean, just, yes, this, this feels different because it's old biblical times, but just set this in a city. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> this is exactly how like, this oh, is this, how, yeah, like, this my boss or this guy saying he would take, he would do things differently and now we got this secret hit coming in. <laughs> this is how crazy. like you, some fraternity houses would do this on <laughs> right, a college campus. Right. Like this is how they would deal with stuff. But the reason why we, I keep using that analogy is just to show nothing's newer in the sun. This is, this is sinful it's human It's like Romeo nature. and Juliet. This uh, is where yeah. Shakespeare got it from. Oh yeah. I mean, once again, Solomon and Ecclesiastes, nothing is new under the sun. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing it play out right here. But yeah, he, he uh, secretly sets an ambush. Yeah, so then Zebul, <laughs> so it's just, I don't really exactly know what's going on here, but um, Gale sees it. He sees mm-hmm. the people coming and he, he says to Zebul, the, the ruler of uh, Shechem, look, people are coming down from the mountaintops. Well, because Ze- since he did it in secret, he doesn't realize it's Zebul's guys. Right. So he's trying to like say like, Hey, there's another army, meaning like... One no, but this is Abimelech's guys. I know, but I'm saying the reason why he's saying it to Zebul is because Zebul did that in right. secret. He doesn't realize that it's actually Abimelech. So Zebul's <laughs> like, no, you're mistaking the shadow of the mountains for men. And then Gael <laughs> said again, look, people are coming down from the center of the land and one company is coming from the direction of the diviner's oak. Mm-hmm. And Zebul said, hmm, where is your mouth now? <laughs> You who said, who is Abimelech that we should serve him? Are not these the people whom you despised? Go out now and fight with them. And Gael went out at the head of the leaders of Shechem and fought with Abimelech. And Abimelech chased him and he fled before him. And many fell wounded up to the entrance of the gate. And Abimelech lived at Aruma, and Zebul drove out Gael and his relatives so that they could not dwell at Shechem. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting about this is Zebul's doing this but Zebul's about to get killed too right so he's just trying to like put off his his death I mean maybe he doesn't know it's coming I mean yeah the the way God works is I mean I'm sure he didn't show Abimelech or Zebul that he'd put a spear that I mean they probably still think that they're in control right. and in charge you know and so they're he's probably just thinking I'm just I'm just gonna deal with Gale you know but not realizing the damage had already been done and Shechem was was gonna turn you know really soon 
Yeah, because in the next couple of verses, remember Zebul sends out all the relatives of Gael mm-hmm. and Abimelech sits in ambush and kills them all. It says he divides his, his people into three groups and then he kills them all. And then um, he rushed forward and stood at the entrance of the gate of the city while the two companies rushed upon all who were in the field and killed them. Mm-hmm. So um, basically he divided his forces Two forces went and killed all the, the relatives of Gale, and then he went up to the city, which Zebul probably didn't see coming, and he takes the city and kills everyone in the city. Right. Well, almost everyone, because it says he killed the people who were in it, and then he raised the city, which I believe means burn it, mm-hmm. and then he sowed it with salt, which just which, destroys it. Yeah, it makes the land not able to yeah. produce anything. So he it just shows the heart of Abimelech. He is definitely not godly <laughs> yeah he's all about himself and his own power for sure um and then all the leaders yeah they all run to the house of el barith and basically there's a tower there and they mm-hmm. all lock themselves in the tower to um to hide from Abimelech. Right. and then that's where he uh he basically cuts a bunch of stuff and says follow me and yeah he cuts down a bunch of wood Mm-hmm. And he says, hey, all my men, like, cut down wood, do what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And then they, they burn the and they burn the tower, mm-hmm. and they kill a thousand men. <laughs> right, and women. Yeah. So God's allowing this because he's judging the people of Shechem, too, because Shechem disobeyed. Right. And Shechem sinned in, in, in the eyes of God. So God's using Abimelech, mm-hmm. who he's about to judge, right. through, to judge his, the mm-hmm. people of Shechem. But then we see something that happens that harkens back to uh, earlier in Judges with Deborah and Boaz, where yeah. he's about to use the hand of a woman, and and it, which dishonors in this day and time would dishonor Abimelech because mm-hmm. once again, well, obviously this dude's a mighty warrior. Like, look what he's right. able to do. But what I love about it is he thinks he's in charge. He thinks he's a man, and God uses the least of these. Mm-hmm in the eyes of society to take him out. Yeah. To show God showing I'm in charge, I'm in power, no one's stronger than the hand of God. Mm-hmm. And so you think you've got it all figured out and then I'm gonna use this woman just to throw a stone down and bust you in the head, <laughs> essentially. Well, and also it shows like God's sovereignty because it says then Abimelech went to Thebes or Thebes and encamped against Thebes and he was about to mm-hmm. capture it. Mm-hmm. And God's like, no. You're not going to do this. to th- Like, I'll let you do that to Shechem because okay. I, I needed Shechem people to die. Mm-hmm. And I used you for that um, basically to just build you up, like puff you up in pride. And now he goes against Thebes to do the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. It says, And Abimelech came to the tower and fought against it and drew near to the door of the tower to burn it with fire. So <laughs> trying to use the same little tactic. Mm-hmm. And a certain woman threw an upper millstone on Abimelech's head and crushed his skull. And, and this is interesting here too because in the last story, the woman's name, who, who Jair. Does, Jair does an honorable thing and her name is in the poem and, and her name is kind of uh, uh, written down. Yeah, she's esteemed for it. <clears throat> this kind of shows here, none of this is godly. So even though God uses a woman here to throw it down, don't even know her name. Right. Just a certain woman. Yeah. No no significance whatsoever. It's not like she did something honorable. Nothing, right, nothing she didn't about do it this. for the glory of God or do it in Nothing in about his power. this is honorable. Right. 
this whole story is just how not to act. This is just a commentary on how bad it had has continued to got to get in Israel at this time. Yeah. And so, but so yeah. yeah, he she. It says it crushed his skull, but apparently he was still alive because he called quickly to the young man, his armor bearer, and said, "Draw your sword and kill me, unless they say of me a woman killed me." Mm-hmm. And this young man thrust him through, and he died. Which obviously they still said that because it's written down in scripture. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he failed. Yeah. Don't, so I don't want to. I don't want that a woman killed me. Uh, it's written down. A woman killed you. Yeah. <laughs> So, and yeah, and so every, and it's crazy too because you see how none of this was honorable because what happens as soon as Abimelech's dead? Everybody just goes home. Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't like the army raised up a new leader and nothing. It was just like, oh, okay, well, we're done now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was crazy to think that way too. It says, thus God returned the evil of Abimelech, which he committed against his father in killing his 70 brothers. And God also made all the evil of the men of Shechem return on their heads. And upon them came the curse of Jotham, the son of Jerebel. Yeah. It's just, that ending right there just shows it's about God, his sovereignty. He's in charge, he's in control. And God perfectly orchestrates judgment on both and ends this tragedy of a story one thing it's like one thing we see here and and can learn about just scripture in general like usually this at least the secondary purpose of Mm -hmm. these stories are to teach us about god there's usually a primary message that's Mm -hmm. happening Mm -hmm. but we have to think like god which is he knew this was going to be written down Mm -hmm. and us read it Mm -hmm. thousands of years later right and so, like, uh, Sam just, just, we talked about Job. He's going through Job. Mm-hmm. And he's saying a big reason why Job suffered mm-hmm. was so that that story could be written down mm-hmm. and we could learn the theology of God through the story and the suffering of right. Job. And um, so, yeah, we see this story and there's, there's no talk of God mm-hmm. and it's, there's nothing godly, but right. we, we see things that God wants us to see. Yeah. For Like he wrote it down and had it written down for right. a reason. So. And I think two of the big lessons is, is one, when we forget God and we, and we just do things in our pride, it's always gonna lead to destruction. And, and our, our life is meant to be about serving the Lord and trusting his sovereignty. And so those who are Christians who do believe that, even when the world around you looks like it's burning, don't forget that God's in control of all of it. Mm-hmm. And our hope is in Christ and God alone. Yeah. You know, so I think those two things we can take from this story. Good deal. All right. All right. Thanks for watching slash listening. Till next time. Later. Thank you for listening to the Change Up Podcast. This podcast is made possible by The Field Church in Mandeville, Louisiana. If you don't have a home church, please come check us out. We have service times at 845 and 1045 on Sundays, and you can find more information at thefieldnola.com. If you found this podcast to be helpful, please share it with a friend or family member and rate and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other people just like you find us.